Welcome, everybody. This is RNGPC. We are a D&D podcast, but there is no long, drawn-out campaign here. We are creating random PCs that have fleshed-out backstories. Last week, I created a character that utilized something from the player's handbook, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, and Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Today, we have Jake creating a brand new character for us to explore. Welcome to our show. My name is Nathan, and this is my co-host, Jake. Wow. How's it going, Jake? Of everything that we, because you know, we've, we've had, took a little bit of time off. I know it feels like for everyone it's been nothing. And we've been like all over the place trying to get ready to get everything set up. You know what I will say? That was seamless. What? That was beautiful. Thanks. That was, ugh. Haven't missed a beat when it comes to the intro. Haven't <laughs> What? I said we haven't missed a beat when it comes to the intro. Oh, I thought you said, <laughs> I thought you said heaven missed a beat. I'm like, never heard that expression. Heaven's missed a beat. Should we make up an expression? That could be an expression. Heaven missed a beat? What does that mean? Heaven missed a beat when it came to making your face. That sounds like an insult. It is. Like, heaven fucked that up. Yep. <laughs> also implies that we're, we're, we're extremely laying on the, the Christian vibes. <laughs> do you want um, to completely do you touch on the insult that I threw at you earlier about a little bit ago? Oh, jeez. Well, just so everyone knows, let's start at the beginning of this story. Um, as most of you know, if you've been listening for a bit, we're now streaming also on Twitch, so... If you want to come join this madness as it's happening live, um, we're on Twitch every Saturday around some, anywhere between 9 a.m. to, what is it now, like 11 a.m. we start <laughs> Pacific, Pacific time. Pacific time. Um, and with that, it's summertime now. It's July. So, like, I brought the real, you know, summer, summer boys vibe to the point where I'm wearing a very floral shirt and some ridiculous aviators I found over my trip and why I was gone for the past two weeks. And Nathan threw out a beautiful insult that apparently he enjoyed so much that he wanted me to regurgitate it to y'all here on the podcast where he just looked at me and said, you look like you're wearing New Balance shoes. And it was just... <laughs> to anyone that wears New Balance, I'm sorry, but that's a, that is a, it's a dig. You... you <laughs> I wouldn't have even. I didn't think it was that good. Your the your reaction is what made me be like, you know what? I guess that kind of is a good insult. So it that's is. the reason why I brought it up again. It is because you were so you thoroughly enjoyed it. it and, and see again, that's an insult though. The reason it also works is because like you can't use that in person. That's a, it's an insult that you've tailored to this to the medium that was this voice call slash Twitch hangout perfectly because you can't see my feet. You don't know what's on my feet. No. But like, because if you're in person, you say it to somebody like, dude, you can clearly see I'm wearing loafers. I'm like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> But, like, in that situation, it was like, oh, oh, that hurts. (laughs) (laughs) In person, in person, you could say you look like you should be wearing new balances. Okay, fair. Fair enough. So I guess there's a way to tailor it. But I'm just saying, any good insult, any good insult, you got to make sure it fits for the situation you're currently in. The medium, the the place that you're in. Yeah, the, the, (laughs) the, the world around you to make sure it's coming through enough to really hurt. (laughs) um so i have something that i saw on the internet the other day that we can discuss briefly here if you would like sure this is a good place for the intro topic to come in yeah yeah. someone brought up the question of like what can i do to like ground my character more and like figure out who they are as a person which is obviously what we spend a lot of time doing it's true and one of these solutions is a very simple question and it just says you should ask yourself, what is your character's happiest moment, uh, happiest memory, and what's your character's saddest memory? Um, so you're asking me as a kind person? of char- No, I'm just saying that's um, that's just the advice that was given, and I'm curious what you think about 
that advice. Like if you always know in the back yeah. of your mind what made your character the happiest and also what made your character the saddest, I feel like there's a lot you can figure out how to handle different situations based off those two two things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I one, I think that is great because I think that's the thing too is like, we often kind of try and think about here, you know, we usually go into like, oh, what is their goal? What is their motivations? Blah, blah. And it's something that will affect everything to that point. Like, they're smaller decisions. But in the same way, this is something that even like on the day-to-day basis, us as people in the real world, we might not think, oh, man, this is when I was my happiest. This is when I was my saddest, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of micro decisions and things that we go through are based on that, right? Because like we're constantly trying to be happy and enjoy our surroundings. So like whatever we've enjoyed doing, like if someone enjoys coffee, this is a bad example of what we're going with. You will drink coffee more because it makes you happy and you've enjoyed that. If you don't enjoy coffee, you don't. <laughs> so it's like, it's just yeah. little, little micro decisions like that. So yes, I, in a very roundabout long way of answering this question. Yes. I do think this is a good thing to explore and at least know in some way, shape or form, what your character's happiest and saddest moments are because it, cool. it, it helps it helps make those decisions like in in, in the game where it's like because that's the hardest part with role playing right is that when you're there like well, i don't know how would they interact with this would you it's like you just need to kind of get out of your own way and this is one of those things that kind of help you differentiate between you as a person and then you as the character you're playing so like if you're thinking yeah. through those things what, what do you think what are your thoughts on this you brought it um, I think it's a good place to start. Uh, not even just start. Like I, I don't think I've ever done this mm-hmm. with a character, but it's it's a good. The more you can figure out your character's past and just make concrete decisions about things that you have control over, because you don't have you don't have a lot of control over what happens in the game for the most part. I mean, you do and you don't. This is it's just the nature of the game. But you can decide essentially everything that happens before you sit down and have your first session with your groups. Like if you figure out what makes your character very happy and something that they can reflect on that brings them joy or something that's sad that happens to them, it's like, that just makes them more real. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just think it's a good thing. Like if you want to t- take that extra step, like I don't feel like you don't feel your character is grounded, like you don't think you're connected to that character. This could be an extra step that you could try to take with them to see if that really gives you like this connection to your character before you start playing. So I think it's a good, it's a good thing to keep in your in a back pocket if you're struggling to connect and create a character. Yeah, well, from a backstory perspective, I think to that point too. What it also speaks to is like, again, the issue that I know I'll find myself having sometimes, and I've seen with newer role players, is the question of, well, can I do that, or did that happen? Is that real? Like, and it, it, it's just like trying to get out of your own way and let let like let what you think and or say just be real. It is. It just yeah. is because you've decided it is. And like once you start making those decisions, like and again, discuss with your DM, obviously, and make sure that like but in most cases, if I'm DMing and you say like, oh, yeah, I remember one time when I did this, this, this or this, like, yep, yeah, cool. Great. That's perfect. That's real. That has happened. And what it does for me as a DM is it gives me something else to now build off of and use from from your perspective, because, again, it's all a collaborative storytelling thing. So if you have those moments and don't be afraid to maybe share those with the DM too, or put it in your write up in, in some way before you start, or and continue to add to that. Because uh, I don't know if people know, um, I, I enjoy to occasionally watch um, a show on Twitch um, that's called uh, The Criticalists of Roles. Uh, <laughs> they they recently ended um, their second campaign, and 
they had their whole discussion of like you know the wrap up and i love looking at those because they that's where they go into a lot of character decisions in it and one thing that was a through line kind of for each character in this they were talking about decisions they made later in the campaign for their character that looking back just made sense like it was just something they just decided in the moment oh yeah you know uh, so one of them was not afraid of water and she doesn't like swimming and she's like i made that and, and sam was like i made that decision in the moment it wasn't originally part of the backstory but it just made sense and so then everything back through that lined up with that one decision in that moment when we first got close to water because i was like oh she got drowned at some point so she's afraid of swimming and going in the water and it became a part of that character moving forward but it wasn't originally mm-hmm. there till in that moment so like constantly be trying to make those decisions and just let it happen because innately your brain is already going to be in that creative space and making those connections with things you already know about your character so that's yeah yeah dope Mm, character work role playing improv questions of happy and sadness words it's been it's been like two weeks that I've missed just hearing the sound of my own voice I don't know if you can tell oh god (laughs) (laughs) so I showed up with these summer boy vibes I just want everyone at home as you're listening visualize I'm gonna give you like I'm sitting here can I if you want to can I you want to describe the person who's looking at what you're trying to visualize should be the person describing it fine go ahead okay so he's wearing these stupid fucking sunglasses <laughs> that great, great, that great are reflective blue. Mm-hmm. They're reflective blue. Mm-hmm. They're aviator shape. They've got a hard V mm-hmm. that sits on the nose. Yep, it's white. It's a white. They thing. look real shitty, 60, 70 style aviators. They're huge. Um, he's wearing a fucking hideous floral shirt with yellow and white flowers, kind of like a dark blue background. The first three, the top three buttons are not done. Um, so you can see his neck beard and um, his sad excuse for no facial beard. or chest hair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing New Balance sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> <Bah>! No. <laughs> um, yeah, it's summertime. Come on, it's hot. It's gonna be in the like nineties for the whole next week here in LA. I got to move my tree inside, so it's summertime. It's officially summer. Also, I'm gonna rant about that real quick. It shouldn't be somewhere that it could be hot enough to kill other plants to the point where I have to bring a tree inside. That's dumb. Whoever decided that's how nature works, I hate it. <laughs> that's it. I'm done. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's been raining for three days here in Michigan. Ooh, straight. See, that sounds nice. <laughs> it's humid as fuck. Uh, oh, oh. oh, that was the one thing I forgot too. When I, I don't think I've been home in summertime in a, in at least four or five years. When I walked out of the airport, I instantly was like, "Nope." Turned around, and went right back inside because I thought it was going to be cooler outside, and it was not the humidity. It was like walking into a pool, and it was just like, yep. "Oh, I hate this." I it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I'd take ninety LA over ninety Michigan any day. Oh, hundred percent. Agreed. That's. A- <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 a, that's the one time you'll get me to an easy agree. Uh, I forgot how why old Michigan. people leave Michigan and go to Florida. I'll never fucking understand. Because they want to feel more moisture in their skin. Because <laughs> they're all they're all drying out and dying. <laughs> okay, and they want to go to the villages and just fuck everyone. Apparently, apparently that's what happens. So on, that is what happens. On, on that cheery note, are we ready to explore what retirement there might be for my my character in the future? You're retiring his character already? Well, no, I'm just saying because like everyone eventually retires, whether it's through death or just being done. Like they're, I was trying to do a segue, goddamn it, and you fucked it up. Ooh, it looks like there's a, 
Is the Van Richten stuff on the internet now? Uh, a little bit. Let's get to the care. Don't. God, you're cheating. And you're looking ahead. Just fucking. Just, let's just segue. Just let this segue happen. God, it's like pulling teeth. Is that a segue? I don't think so. More like a boo. I don't. Okay. Noise, okay. It's vibrating. Lloyd, just go. Lloyd, just go. I was go a mall to, cop. Go. I know what segues sound like. Go to it. Lloyd, just stop this. Cut this off. At- hey, just wanted to hop in here real quick and do a quick shout out to all of our patrons that are supporting us at a level that is above and beyond. I just wanted to say thank you so much to Impending Duff for your continued patronage, allowing us to grow and just move past the awkward stage of the pupa into the like larva stage of like before we bloom and just fully become what we are going to be as this beautiful billowing podcast of just amazingness. We appreciate you seeing that and we appreciate that you also are helping guide us because you is also a creator. Yes, I said you is a creator. If you would like to check out Impending Duff, go over to his Twitch stream where he paints beautiful minis uh, and check him out. And if you would like to be shouted out here too in this wonderfully awkward just rambling of words, go to our Patreon. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash rngpc. Get involved at the right tier there and we'll shout you out here too and make you feel all warm and awkward inside as we just gloat over how much we love you. Because we do. We love you, Impending Duff. And without you, we don't know where we would be. Probably lost in the woods. But we're not. We're here. And we're growing. So thank you, Impending Duff. Okay, so. Like we were saying, it's been two weeks off. But we're back. We know it's only... Don't sound so sad. I'm not sad. I'm just saying. I had no idea what to do for the character this week. So... That we both realized at 11 o'clock well, at night well, that it was yeah, your character. Well, well yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, and so I, 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 I think I cobbled together something. Oh, oh, that's the downside to having my shirt so loose and unbuttoned. It'll get caught in my microphone when I get too close to it. Even my microphone's trying to undress me over here. Um, no, I'm I, trying to put, button you up. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And so I went to the, the, the place I always go to. Try and get some inspiration, and that is Critical Role. <laughs> so, oh my God! <laughs> look, it's not as bad as you think. It's never bad, actually. I'm so sick and tired of writing taglines that say Jake grabbed inspiration from well, Critical don't, Role. Don't do that again. Then. Don't don't write that. Just say something else. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you do something else? What? Okay, one. We each know what the other one does. I'll find inspiration from a place that will overcomplicate something or be from critical role and you'll just always bring the same three things <laughs> so <laughs> inspired by a movie or a book i just rather watched <laughs> but no and this it was just simply because critical role started a uh, eight an eight episode like mini arc to go between their campaigns that is being dm'd by somebody else and matt is finally a character in it all of this it's kind of cool it's a little different it's you know it's whatever um but in it there was uh when they were introducing the characters this past week it was fun to just kind of try and figure out, like, oh, okay, what class are they? What races are they? Blah, blah, blah. And one of them uh, was a druid that had a fire spirit with them. And I was like, what is this? I have not seen uh, a druid that can have, like, a companion of some sort. So I started and just looked into that. And it was the uh, class, or the druid class, uh, subclass of Wildfire, or Circle of Wildfire, I believe. From Tasha's. Yes. That's a good one. I've thought about this before. It looks sick. Yeah. And so that was it. 
I just brought that. I was like, okay, that's fun. Because again, as I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, what do I want my inspiration? But where is this? Like, well, you know what? The only thing I did this week before I started looking for a character is I looked into that. I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that was a thing you could do. So instead of trying to, you know, just just grind the creative grindstone, oh, geez, that's oh, bad words. Um, I just went to that because I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna overwork this. I'm not gonna need this bread more than it needs to be because I already got that bread. It's there. Nice. No more needing. Um, so with this, um, I also liked this. This was fun, the description of it, because it's a little bit different. And we might have even done a druid that was a circle before, but I... Anyways, it said, Druids within the circle of wildfire understand that destruction is sometimes the precursor of creation, such as when a forest fire promotes later growth. These Druids bond with a primal spirit that harbors both destruction and creative power, allowing the Druids to create controlled flames that burn away one thing, but give life to another. So, I think that's kind of fun. Like a phoenix. Sure, yeah. And then at at second level, they have the summon wildfire spirit, where you can summon a primal spirit bound to your soul. Blah, blah, blah. And But what was fun is in the Critical Role thing, they have it be like an actual companion that's there. And so like for uh, Ashley Johnson's character... It, it's like that's a fun. it's like a monkey that it just happens to be a, a fire spirit. And again, this is what I think is kind of fun with these newer little things. Like with this being from Tasha's, you can explore and figure out what you want it to be. I don't know if we want that to be a part of his backstory, the character's backstory yet, but it could be an option, right? That could be something where it's yeah. like, ooh, let's add that in as a little bit of flavor. Cool. If not, it could just be a spell and a thing they do um, that allows them to summon this in battle. So I don't want to get too much into it, but I thought it was fun to have that as an option. So. Okay. That's where I started. Started there, and then I was like, okay, what background makes sense with fire? You know, we got we got some fire kind of inspiration stuff going on here. So I went and I looked through the backgrounds, and I wanted to go with a more, um, not generic, but original ones. I was just kind of looking through those uh, to start and see if there was any in there that really jumped out to me. Um, and so I was kind of, the one that kind of did was clan crafter. Cause I was like, okay, so fire and what, what is this? So I kind of read through it and it's essentially you are a, a, a artisan or like blacksmith of some sort that was trained by dwarves. So here I'll, I'll, I'll read it. essentially says the stout folk are well known for their artisanship and their, and the worth of their handiworks. And you have been trained in the, in that ancient tradition. For years, you labored under a dwarf master of the craft, enduring long hours and dismissive, sour-tempered treatment in order to gain the fine skills you possess today. Um, you are most likely a dwarf, but not necessarily, particularly in the north. And this is where it gets into the type of dwarfs, if they're shield dwarves or different clans and blah, blah, blah. Either way, I like this idea that, like, ooh, okay, maybe these druids are, are crafters of some sort that are like blacksmiths or people that work with fire to use it to like create metalworks or other things. So again, kind of going away from your classic classic uh, um, fey-spirited dwarves of some sort where it's all woods and wildlife, I thought, it's like, okay, yeah. I like the idea that there's a clan of druids that are like blacksmiths, essentially, and make metal smithing things and they could mainly be dwarves but i didn't want mine to be a dwarf so yeah of course not because that would make too much sense and i would probably end up doing my andron voice so um 
with that too, I was like, okay, I wanted to bring something else that kind of was like a little off and different. So I was trying to think of a motivation or an item. But then when I was looking through your sheet from two weeks ago, which will only be last week for most people, um, I liked these dark gifts. Um, and so I kind of randomized by just picking a number between one and nine. And I came up with living shadow, which you talked about okay. as well last week. And I remember being excited about yes. that. So I was like, yes, I like this. And can you, can you pull up in your book, the actual description of it? Because this one here online is just kind of like their review of it. You want me to pull out my book? Yes, please. I would like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. I can do that. Um, is this the right book? And blindly grabbing a book and it this is. is, oh, nice. Nicely done. But like from my understanding, it's kind of essentially like Peter Pan's shadow in, in that way where it, you know, does its own thing. Let me remind myself where the dark gifts are. But um Sure. Yep. They're in here. <laughs> They're definitely in that book. Definitely on a page. Uh-huh. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Found it. Twenty two. All right. Okay, I'm in the dark uh, gifts. We're looking for living shadow. Should be like the third one, I believe. Um, whispering. That's not it. Words, 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 words. Right, words. it should be right beneath gathered whispers. Huh? I don't. Is know. it called shadow quirk and not living shadow? Maybe. The shadow quirk. No, wait. The, the shadow quirk is part of living shadow. So if you go up a little bit more, because oh, there's the. Yep. Okay, I found it. Yeah. So you want me to read what this says? Yeah. Sure. The shadow you cast is anim... Sorry. Start over. Take take, take, take again. Work up, work up. Pick up. Take two. Ready? Pick up. One, two. All right. Action. The shadow you cast is animate and ever-present. That's I still said that word wrong. Animate is animate, animated. That's weird. Even when lighting conditions would otherwise prevent it, <laughs> your shadow occasionally moves out of sync with you. Sometimes it appears to be undertaking random but mundane tasks, while at other times it acts out your darker impulses, threatening or even attacking other shadows. That'd be scary. Mm-hmm. With effort, you can bend this shadow puppetry to your will. Roll on a, roll on this option to choose your shadow quirk. You got six of them, and yep. then you get that trait. Yep. And with it, you get essentially the only power that kind of comes with it is you get to cast Mage Hand, but the Mage Hand always looks like a shadow. Um, oh, that's cool. It is flavor texted Mage Hand. Yep. And then also you have Shadow Strike. Increase the reach of your melee attack by 10 feet, which is, I guess, kind of broken. <laughs> but That's dope. <laughs> so essentially you can hit people within 15 feet of you. Right? Is that what it says? Oh, hell yeah. Is that, is that what it says? I mean, that would, that's not what it says. That makes sense because if you're within melee range of someone, that's five feet, right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, we'll just we'll, well. This, this is again. I found this online, so if it's not, I want to make sure it's actually what it said in the book. Is that does the book say anything about shadow strike with that? It does. It says you can increase your okay. when you make a melee attack roll. You can increase your reach for that attack by ten feet. Your shadow stretches and delivers the attack as if it were you. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, okay. and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Okay. So it's not that broken. So it's not that broken because at the beginning you're only be able to do it once, um, and it doesn't it doesn't make your melee range bigger, right? Because that's the other thing too is like attacks of opportunity come when somebody moves outside your melee range. So it's not like you yeah. now have a 15 foot melee range. It's just oh, as an ability, you can extend and do that once or twice. But see, I kind of also yeah. But now, but go ahead. But now you cannot get within opportunity of attack range with someone and still attack them yes. and then back away yes um so i think that's kind of cool uh we'll roll on what the the quirk is i'll have you do that since you have the book already over there and just be easier but not yet because i got one more thing i decided to bring so when i had those three things i was like okay cool we got this fire druid type 
thing that's happening going on than the clan crafter, which makes it like blacksmithing and like kind of dwarven mountain area of druids. Hold hold. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry. Can we backtrack for a second? Oh, geez. Did I do something wrong? No, it's just there's something in the book that's not in this website. Okay. That you're going to enjoy because I hate that your character has done this to me before. They literally added the Andoran trying to help people perk into this living shadow. Yes. Yeah. What is it? So wait, read so it. Read, read it. The other thing that you get for living shadow is called Ominous Will. And it says, this is all really deep combat stuff. So forgive us for a second while we dive into this. But um, immediately after you make an attack roll, an ability check, or a saving throw, throw and roll a 1 on the d20... Your shadow exerts a will of its own and might assist or hinder you or those around you. The next time you or a creature within 30 feet of you that you can see makes an attack roll, an ability check, or a saving throw, you roll a d4. If the number is odd, reduce the number, re- reduce the total by the number rolled. If the number is even, increase the total by the number rolled. Once this effort occurs, or this effect occurs, it cannot happen again until you finish a short or long rest. So wait, so what triggers? So it? essentially, if, if you if I roll, so a if one? you roll a natural one, okay. that triggers it. Okay. So the next thing that a creature does around you, within thirty feet that you can see, you roll a d four, and that outcome affects their what they just rolled. <laughs> And it, and it doesn't even say an ally; it just as a creature. So you, this this could be a good and a bad yeah. thing. It's kind of so, really just open to and, and, and it's not whoever's next turn it is. Is it only on a critical fail of attack roll or any critical fail from a saving? Any critical fail. Ooh, that's fun. attack ability or saving throw. But but wait wait for you. So it triggers for you also based on attack ability or saving throw. Um. So. So you roll. So you got to roll a saving throw. You roll a natural one. But again, the next time you or a creature within thirty feet of you yeah. that you can see makes an attack yeah. ability or saving throw, you roll a d four. Yeah, but what I'm saying is for my roll when I roll the d, when I roll the d twenty is it on yes. the same things? So it's any of those three things. It's not like only attack. Yes. Okay. Cool. So yes. yes. So that makes and see that's what's fun too is because not all DMs do things for their natural ones or critical failures. So this is fun because it's, it's, it's literally making it part of the gameplay mechanic. Because again, we've talked about this before. I love when shit goes wrong. So like nat ones yeah. are fun. I love leaning into those almost more than I love leaning into the nat twenties because it's like this now adds another complication that we're coming up with together here on the spot. So like this is fun because built into that mechanic is when you critically fail, your shadow is part of the reason you critically fail <laughs> because mm-hmm. like, and yeah, that's dope. Um, also, I'm curious when it says, so it's just the next creature, right? So to your point, it could be a, a, a bad creature or something you're attacking. If you get a nat one, the next thing it does, you automatically roll that D4 and you could potentially help it. You could. Yep. Ha- oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Okay. And like, so, so if the round starts with the DM having like, um, you know, a arena, I forget what Robbie called them, but um, there's dungeon effects or dungeon uh, dungeon effect. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. So if there's like a dungeon effect and you have to roll a saving throw and you're on that one, the next turn is your turn. The next thing you do will be affected by that. Yep. But if you roll your natural one during your turn and do nothing after it, then yep. it's the next thing in line that you can see. You have to be mm-hmm. able to see it. And, That's the key. Okay. And so the thing too, I was going to already say, and depending on the quirks, I don't know. I don't know what they are because I haven't seen what the quirks can be. But um, I, I essentially imagine that the shadow is essentially controlled by the DM. Like I think anything it, it kind of does. That's how I would like to at least play it. That's what I would give my DM as like a gift. Be like, hey. My, whatever my shadow you want to do with, like, yep, 
cool. Uh, it's essentially an antagonist force of some sort that is against me. Um, but yeah, but make sure you keep the table open because I'm going to want you to roll on quirks uh, when we get to that. Okay. So the last thing, all of this, as I was re- recapping, and you brought in that little nugget of magic, which I appreciate. Um, I kind of was looking through all these. I was like, okay, what race kind of makes sense? I don't want it to be dwarf because that kind of, you know, you're just a dwarf from the dwarf clan and blah, blah, blah. It's a little bit boring. So I wanted to go with tiefling. Because I was like, this would be interesting to have a tiefling that has dwarven influence in some way, but also with the fire stuff and the living shadow, maybe that's tied to their uh, demonic blood or, or, or ancestral heritage in some way. So again, I don't know if it does tie into that yet, um, but it's just something else to kind of plant there as like, this could be fun. It could not tie in at all. It could, depending how we roll. So that's where we're at. Got a druid of the Circle of Wildfire, background of Clan Crafter, races Tiefling with the Dark Gift of the Living Shadow. So, that's what I brought after way too long explaining <laughs> all, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, so I guess we can start start uh, start rolling. Oh, I also decided I wanted to roll on a motivation because whatever, yes. we're getting yep. crazy. Getting crazy. Like once a month. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's fun. I like bringing more things. Um Cool. So, to roll first, since the dark gift is up here, could you please roll the d6 for the quirk? Yeah. Let me pull out my d6. I rolled a one. What is that one? So your quirk is, my shadow often holds weapons or bears wounds that don't exist. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm trying to type this up, and we all know I'm the... the better typer sh- and wordsmith. Yeah. I should be typing. Holds weapons and... Uh, bears wounds that don't exist. Bear wounds? Like from, yes. a, from, a, from a bear? Sure. Oh no, my shadow is attacked by, by a bear. <laughs> I hate that. I hate when that happens. Um, here, you type it. Because I also feel like my keyboard makes a bunch of noise and, and we all know how much yep. Lloyd enjoys that. I'm sure all of you are hearing it as well. So there you go. I'm sorry. Sorry, Lloyd. And everyone at home. Bam, done. Bam, done. Cool. All right. Cool. I don't know if I'd use the right bears, oh. but, you know, there's only one bears, right? You did. You did. Ha <laughs> yep. Coming at you. Well, there is... Uh bears but th- that's how it's spelled in the book well, there, so. there's bears and there's bears right yeah yeah either way it's bears yeah because yep. it's that's that's what it's about the english language it's all about bears bear necessity <laughs> um okay cool so again that's something i wanted to give to um the dm as a thing so like it could be fun to have it be like what is it interacting with is it attacking somebody like i don't, I don't know whatever the dm wants to do with it um Cool. Here we go. Now, next thing, I'm going to roll on the motivation. So I'm going to open this motivation table before we get into rolling on the background bits. Give me this. Give me this. I'm rolling. All right. A, roll your D101. I'm not. We're not adding in the one. 101 is not an option. We're talking about this. Okay. D100. I rolled a 37. So for 37. All right. What it says is. Bring great honor to your deity by destroying a great temple built by its sworn enemy, possibly the followers of another deity. <laughs> cool. All right. Have fun with that. 
Yep. So there's a rivalry of some sort, at the very least, of other yep. things. Yep. I like it. You might you you might be evil. What? Yeah. We'll see. Could be. The the question will be: Is this character going to care if people are in the temple or not? <laughs> you know, that's that's the first question I got. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So let's start rolling on the character traits, which I will say. It says to use the guild artisan background for those. Um, so I'm opening that now. And if you want to roll first, since I just rolled, the personality traits are a D8. Do you want me to roll on this D20? Uh, no, because the first part of it... Thank God. Well, because it's a guild business, right? And so like, we already know this is a clan of crafters that are doing some kind of smithy work or firework. Ah, uh, true, or true. Something like okay, that, so D8? I've decided. Yes. All right, I'm roll, I'm putting two energy out there. Okay. I rolled a what is this? A seven. Seven. All right. I don't I don't part with my money easily and will haggle tirelessly to get the best deal possible. <laughs> that's fun. That's and that's and that's an easy thing to role play, and we can go into like potentially figuring out why he's like that as well. Um, all right, I'm gonna roll a d6 for the ideal. You have any energy you want to put out there for this? Um, five. Five. All right. Four actually. I Ooh, mind. Well, it was a five. Um, which the ideal <laughs> is it. people. I'm committed to the people I care about, not to ideals. So, oh, I was looking at the wrong list. I'm putting four energy out for the next one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, was I not supposed to roll the ideal? Yeah, ideal's the next one. Yeah. You typically go down then back up in this kind of format. You don't go left to right. No. No. In our sheet, even ideals was the next one. So. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. You're right, it is. Yeah. Um, but I like that. That's fun. Okay. Uh, go to Bond. Good, sir. All right. Four. I rolled a five. Aww. One day I will, I will return to my guild and prove that I'm the greatest artisan of them all. Ooh. That's kind of tying into the motivation already, which is nice. I want to be the very best. What? Like no one ever was. Huh. What? Huh. <laughs> okay. I'm, huh. I'm rolling. Right, man. I'm rolling flaw. I'm rolling the flaw. Last one. Pokemans. It's a five. Oh, I would kill to acquire a noble title. <sighs> evil, evil. <laughs> That's okay. Who screams that? Isn't that isn't that Barnacle it's or not, Barnacle Boy? No, it's a uh, uh, Mermaid Man. Mermaid Man. Evil. <laughs> okay. All right. We don't. Okay. What a great fucking show. Oh yeah, SpongeBob is great. Um, I need to rewatch it. It's on Paramount Plus. Anyway. Ugh, don't promote that garbage here. Um, Paramount Plus? That's what Ink Master's on. And Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's fine. And and SpongeBob? Are we done? And a new iCarly that's got to be terrible. We we, we need to stop promoting. No no one's paying us for this. Can I promote the thing that I'm excited to watch? Sure. I got a free year of Apple TV. Yeah, so did I. I'm really excited to watch Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest and watch, watch Ted Lasso. Okay. Um, but okay, that's it. Okay, moving Welcome on. Welcome to. Thank you for coming to the request or or or, or not request. <laughs> what's it? What's it called when you rec- recommendation corner with Nate and Jake? All right, cool. Um, moving on. Let's roll them stats. Let's just keep rolling since that's that's where we're at. So roll All that right. strength, baby. All right, Fred Durst. That's Mister Doctor Fred Durst to you. Is he a Mister Doctor? I don't know. You're gonna love this roll, baby. Oh Jesus. It's so bad. Oh, really? Yeah. 
It's a six, a six, a five, Fuck and a two. Off. <laughs> so seventeen. It's a seventeen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, I'm rolling decks. Jesus. Six, five, four, four. Nice. So fifteen for decks. For Druids. Not fifty one. No. Nope. Whoops. For Druids, I Wisdom's think it's, your stat you want. I think, yeah. Cool. Great. We have these it is. broken stats up here already for this. I'm not. Con. Um, a six, a five, a one, and a one. Jesus. So 12. So that's 13. A six, oh, yeah, 12. a five, a one, and a one. Yep. Intelligence. Please be a dumb boy. Please be a dumb boy. Hey, it's not. Uh, six, three, two. Two. So nine, 11. Rather normal, intelligent boy. Wisdom. All right, wisdom. Don't be bad. Let's hope we aren't doing this downward trend anymore. What? Are you... It's on the table. It counts. I rolled a six, a four, a two, and a two. So, so 12. twelve. Okay, not bad. Charisma. Be an ugly boy. Nope. Jesus. I rolled a six, a four, a three, and a one. So thirteen charisma. Okay. Nice. I love it. Alright. I don't care. I love it. Alright, so looking at all this, looking at the stats, he's strong. He's he's a big He is strong. He's a big strong boy. Um Alright, cool. Do you want to recap real quick? While you try to, while you try to find a way to be happy with this. No, it's not not trying to find. I'm trying to see where I want to start because I feel like we have a lot okay. of different threads. That's fair. I'll recap while you think about that. So, this week, Jake was inspired by a little-known indie show called Critical Role. To be fair, to be fair, um, the new show that's streaming on Critical Role is called Exandria Unlimited. So it's a different offshoot. It's not technically the Critical Role show. Just saying. Um. <clears throat> There's a student in it that no one knows. Name's Matt. He's not. Hugh Mercer, he's, I think. He's not playing this um, class though. And uh, still, he's in it. So that's how indie it is. Like you know, it's just it's one of those things where it's. There's plenty of people that indie, don't, know don't know who Matt Mercer is. Okay. Will you shut the fuck up. This is my recap. <laughs> You're attacking me in your in, in your recap. So I'm defending myself. Yeah. This is this is my space. <laughs> God damn it! And I'm gonna make my top eight wherever the fuck I want. <laughs> Fine. All right. <laughs> so he brought a background. I don't remember his fucking fucked up order and how he brought this shit. I'm just going to read it as how it is on the on the sheet. Um, I think it started with the class, but regardless, we got a background of clan crafter, a class of druid with the circle of wildfire from Tasha's Cauldron, which is really cool. I'm excited for that aspect. We've got the race of tiefling, and we also brought a dark gift from Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft which is the living shadow quirk or gift. And it comes with a quirk where the shadow of this character will often hold a weapon or bear a wound that doesn't exist. So to just state it bluntly, you could be standing there holding a, you know, mug of ale and your shadow's against the wall holding a fucking battle axe or something. And you're not really holding an axe, but the shadow is ooh, crazy. So then we rolled on the motivation um, there's a table that we use, the 101 background hooks. We rolled a 37, which is bring great honor to your deity by destroying a great temple built by its sworn enemy, possibly the followers of another deity. 
Then we rolled on the personality trait. The clan crafter background actually required us to roll on the guild artisan backgrounds. That's what we're rolling on. We got the personality trait of I don't part with my money easily and will haggle, haggle tirelessly to get the best deal possible. The ideal is people. I'm committed to the people I care about, not to ideals, even though they're going to burn down a temple for a deity. Bond, one day I will return to my guild and prove that I am the greatest artisan of them all. Flaw, I would kill to acquire a noble title. Then we rolled some Gucci stats. We got a strength of 17, a dex of 15, a con of 12, intelligence of 11, wisdom of 12, and charisma of 13. And now, have you decided where we will start? Jake. Yeah, I mean, I think I want to start with, like, the relationship to um, this, like, druid circle and group of, of people. I think we want to figure that out. Because, for me, what we have tying to that, as of right now, is their class, being a druid of the Circle of Wildfire, as well as the motivation, bringing great honor to the deity. I'm assuming that's going to be tied to that clan in, in some way. I think that just makes sense um, that... That like I don't think it's a deity in the same way of like oh I'm a cleric or a paladin I go out and I fight for Palor or I fight for the Raven Queen or I fight for you know one of these deities okay. I think it could just be to like because you can be a druid and still have like Melora who's the uh, uh, god of nature or stuff like that but like this could be a dwarven deity or something like you can be a druid clan and still have a deity of some sort that you work towards. Um, so I think that ties. It doesn't to- even have to be. It doesn't even have to be like a god, right? Mm-hmm. Like we could just flavor text it to be like, like you said, a, a rival clan. Yeah. Well, a rival it, guild. Exactly. Like they could be, you know, the this clan of people, the blacksmiths up in this mountain that make armor or that make weapons, and they're well known for all 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 of this type of stuff of taking from the earth, taking the ore, and 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 turning it into. Like again, essentially, we could we we can make a mountain druid of some sort, and that that works well with rocks and flame. Um, so their rivals, you know, or something could just be another druidic clan of some sort that is against this, or it could just. I mean, yeah. So I, I want to figure out what that relationship is because what also ties into that is the I think the ideal, the committed to people I care about could be the clan okay. could be people from the clan people that believe in him his family or some way up there and then also the bond one day i'll return to my guild right and so that's the clan again so yeah so i'm trying to think if he's a tiefling and i like the idea that these are normal normally druidic clans i'm trying to think what might be a fun reason they ended up there or like why they brought them in which because again in this uh, um background it kind of talks about you're most likely a dwarf, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you aren't a dwarf, however, you have taken on a solemn oath to never take on an apprentice in the craft. It is not for non-dwarfs to pass on skills uh, of Mor- Moradin's favored children. So just whatever. I mean, maybe Moradin, the, I think it's a dwarf like sculpting god of some sort. And again, whatever your D&D's or whatever your DM's pantheon is can be. Um, what you want more than the lawful good yeah. god of dwarves? Yeah. So there we go. So you 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 have this lawful good dwarf of <laughs> dwarf god. Um, but where's this? Is not what I wanted. It was the. Here we go. You would have no difficulty, however, finding a dwarf master who was willing to receive potential apprentices who came with your recommendation. Oh, okay. So you could recommend, but no, I want how you got. I got a letter of rec. Yeah. So you could. 
after you've gone through this. I'm trying to think though, like what would draw you to them? Um, um that's not really broken down here. No, it's not. But 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 again, so it, okay. So that's where I think if we if we well, what are some fun options? Because to me, it's like oh. Left in the mountains, and this tiefling was found by this dwarven clan. That's kind of like the cliche go-to, like not really giving us an explanation. I think if it ties yeah. somewhat to them being a tiefling that maybe is already prone to being able to work with flame in some way, or or has a, a... because with with this druid thing, if all of these dwarves are these druids up in the mountain, um, they all have access to burning hands, flaming. Sp- uh, fear, scorching ray, uh, flame strike, all all of these fire based things, and they they themselves can all have um, fire elementals that kind of work with them as little like underlings of some sort. So like maybe yeah, maybe their deity is Ed Sheeran. Ooh, okay. And whenever they're in the mountains, just I see fires playing on repeat. Okay, just through the loudspeakers. <laughs> Yes, it's a good song. I've done that. I've gone a whole week of listening to just that song and repeat. I'm not gonna lie. There's maybe maybe they're a group of artificers, Andruids, okay. and they created the JBL speaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> and just I see fire inside the mountain. I see fire. Beautiful. I love the. We're done. I love the like. We're what, done. Is it, uh, if tonight I'm going to die, we'll die together or some shit, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I like that song. I know people it get, is a good song. Know, it's the best thing that came out of the Hobbit movies. Whoa. The end of the second movie is a great cliffhanger, and then the third one's just garbage. But. <laughs> um, yeah. The last line from Bilbo Baggins, just watches like, what have we done? And then you just see it burning the, oh, yeah, great. Um, yeah. Anyways, so. <sighs> I'm trying to think what would bring a tiefling to the mountains. Why? Or maybe there's someone down and maybe he's just like a like a like a little hoodlum of some sort that they find that no one wanted. Or may, maybe his family lives up there too. Maybe it's not like a dwarf like a, 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 a an orphaned type thing. Do you have um, anything that's jumping out to you? I mean if we there's so the easy thing that pops into my head or we can try to challenge it a little bit is that this character could because tieflings aren't typically accepted in society. Like if a tiefling's walking through town, sure. typically, that's not they're going to be judged just for being well, a tiefling. Yeah, but I don't want. So I don't want to build Maybe they're just in that. a loner. Okay, that's fine. That's well, fair. But, but um, we, then I have no we, ideas. We, we could. <laughs> they could just be a loner, and they, but like either way, it's like their family in some way had, like if they're around and in the picture, they probably had demonic uh, upbringing in it as well. Um, so that's why I'm just evil. It could just be he's from a mountain town where the artisans there were these well-known dwarves of some shit, and he just kind of grew up always wanting to be a part of that, right? Yeah. And, like, so he saw that, and, like, his family could be, you know, maybe they were just family friends in some way, and one of the dwarves kind of just took him on as, like, a, okay, yeah, I know your mom, you know, they're, like, well, and so the other thing, too, is we have here, maybe we can bring into this, is I would kill to acquire a noble title, like what? Like maybe in this town, I have an okay. Go ahead. What do you think? Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe this character at a young age was just fascinated, just fascinated with like the art and the the um, style of more noble esque armor. Mm-hmm. So not only did that give them the drive to want to become a noble, so that someone great can make them something really cool looking to wear, 
But they also were like, well, if I can't do that, then I'm also just going to learn how to make it myself. So it could just be that kind of like they're motivated by their fascination of to different types of armor and craftsmanship that they've seen throughout their lives. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And, and so and that's where, again, I, I, I like that idea of maybe maybe their, their family in some way. I, I, I just don't want it to be, I don't know. I feel like the, the easy go-to is that, oh, they were orphaned and these druid or dwarves took them in. Like, no. I, I think I want their family to exist. And maybe maybe it's... Yeah. Good. I'm just, well, I'm just, I agree with you. And I think my way mm-hmm. or my suggestion is a, a positive spin yeah. on why like they had to earn this apprenticeship they had yeah. to earn how to learn how to do this like almost like a tattoo apprenticeship you know yeah. um so that's kind of that's my idea that i have for yeah. it they were just fascinated by it they had to prove that they were worthy of learning it and now they're like you know all those things can still work in my in my opinion yes they do and what i'm going to add to that is i think their family in some way whether i'm going to say let's say their father worked for a noble that's how I got them okay. close. They were working for this these noble people in in some manner. Maybe it was a I'm gonna say his father was a knight's guard for uh, like a bodyguard for one of these uh, nobles and well known people. They they swore their life to them and they got the specific armor and these nice uh, artisan designed dwarven elements that this kid when growing up around them. Like maybe made friends with a yes yes here we go made friends with the uh, another dwarven child around his age got close with them and through just growing up and spending more time over there because his father worked a bunch almost constantly having to protect this noble's life they just started picking up on this stuff and so as the other one started going through the lessons he felt like he wanted to as well because this dwarven like family almost became like a pseudo family to him and so he wanted to be a part of that and learn. So he worked even harder to prove himself there and seeing that his dad constantly almost slaved away and was willing to give his life for this other noble wants that level of respect as well for himself and kind of almost looks down on his dad for like doing that, like that sense of honor or whatever. He just feels is misplaced. Does that make, does that make sense? Dope. I wrote it all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> and and I think I think the mom the mom is still there and I think they're they're like a, a nice kind of just like I think their dad is the the tiefling um on that side and I, I'm gonna say their their mom was a half elf so there we go so they have, okay. they have a half elfed mother that runs just like a little local bakery in this mountain town where this these druid dwarfs you know have a, a a whole clan like thing up in the mountains where they they constantly forge this armor through the the what they were taught from Moradan and all of this and they, they kind of worship at the altar yeah. that is the smithy um and working there and there's the nobles in this town that his father works for and because the the smithy also provides most of their stuff directly to these nobles in the hierarchy of this town that's that's where they met this other dwarven family that it came close and through that they got a chance to prove themselves within um this uh what's it called uh, guild this artisan guild and so when they now what if we yeah. fuck that what if we fuck this up more okay and it's like a fox and the hound situation Ooh. what if they weren't allowed to be friends yep. mm-hmm. and then but they were secretly the dwarf was secretly teaching the tiefling boy because they're on the same age yes. 
their secrets. And then eventually like, no, you can't be friends with this person. It's not right. And then they had to be stopped being friends at a young age. They didn't understand why. And they carry the weight of not being with their childhood friend with them into adulthood. Well, I was going to say, I I like all of that. And I was going to say is I think the, the parent of this child was the one teaching them though. It's the only thing I'll change. So while they were teaching their, their child, these ways, they themselves also were picking up on it, and the the parent was like, "Okay, yeah, no, what, what harm?" Could it, they they almost thought they couldn't do it, right? It was like, "Yeah, no, you can come along, and it's fine." Which parent are we talking about? I'm sorry, the dwarf parents. So, so the dwarf parents of the dwarf child was okay with the tiefling learning yes. the thingies. Yes, and then once once it kind of, but then some master dwarf was like, "Fuck that." Yep. Yep. And that, and now our character is like, "I want to be a noble, so no one can tell me fuck that again." Exactly. And and so like nice. and, and so like. Uh, maybe that's even it right like so within this this mountain city most of the nobles in some way there's there's a it's like a shared council of some sort where there's the dwarven parts of it that represent this guild and their artisan maybe that's their main export is you know the goods that come from this this guild like of the mountain um and they got close to it they wanted to like be able to be a part of of that um and their father just served those people. And then when the master dwarf of that noble guild found out about this, I mean, maybe it was even in, in, in a way where the dwarf noble that their father served came over and saw him practicing it or saw him doing some druid like work of it. That was similar to that of the clan it was like, where the hell did you learn that? It's like, you can't be no. And just like came down hard on both the father and him. And so the father got upset with him as well because he was going against, you know, all of the ways. And to the point, too, where I'm assuming this father, again, being a tiefling, had to earn his place here and his child potentially threatening that and messing it up and and misplaced anger would come out at the son um, in some way because he doesn't want him to potentially fuck up everything he spent his whole life working for to be this respected knight's guard. Um, I like this. And again, the mom runs like a little local bakery. <laughs> yep, I wrote that. Okay, I made that cool. little anecdote. Cool. Um, Look at how much I can type now. That's great. You didn't hear any of that, didn't, did I didn't you? Hear any type of silence. Totally worth <laughs> more debt. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know if we talked about that. Did we tell everyone here that you got your iPad? That you you talked? Yeah, about? I bought an iPad. I well, I, sh- I shouldn't say box. That makes me sound successful. I financed an iPad. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You bought it. Um, but yeah, okay. I used fake money to buy a real tangible thing. It's the American way. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. The um, the one thing I want to try and address now, because I feel like we haven't yet, is this shadow. Okay, yes. Maybe that's a... Uh, I don't know. I was going to say, maybe it's a, that it was just a random event that caused came through the trauma of not having a friend. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, it, I don't know. It feels easy. It's why I went against it. Well, what I was going to say is maybe it's part of the demonic blood, and it's something where it's like his dad doesn't have a shadow. Ooh. His dad doesn't have a shadow. He's never really talked about it, but it was something where he literally had to sever ties with the shadow because it was the evil influence. Evil. <laughs> the evil. The evil influence that comes through the demonic bloodline of all of this. And he just never talked to his son about it because he didn't show any signs of like potentially having it. And you know, the shadow just kind of laid dormant. But then once there's this falling out and this child's like, I'm going to show you fuckers. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go destroy this other rival town that, or, or this other place. And like, I know what, like 
were against. I'm going to go out into the world, take them down a peg, learn more on my craft and all of this shit, and come back here and be better than all of you ever did. And so once he leaves there, the shadow realizes, ooh, okay, now now I can start flexing my evil like influence over this person. And maybe that's even where, maybe they don't leave with the idea of destroying the other temple, but they leave to go with the bond, right? One day I'll return to my guild and prove that I'm the greatest artisan of all of them. They go out thinking, I'm, I'm going to keep practicing out here. Like maybe there, there's a, this ancient place where the originally <laughs> the there's dwarven secrets that they want to go to and, and, and unlock and to make this pilgrimage of some sort. Um, and whilst out there, this shadow slowly starts influencing it more and being like, you know, you shouldn't just learn more about this. You should also go like burn down this other place and destroy it. Yeah, I was gonna say I just wanna say that what we the ground floor that we've built for this character, two or three critical moments could push into evil. Yep. Like it'd be yep. very easy to convince this character to go and burn down like his old his young friends. Mm-hmm. Mountain town. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. So, this friend would be like, Timmy, we were friends once. Martha! Like, you're right. Martha. Ooh. Ooh. What if it's this? What if on the journey to this place that is like the sacred, like, mecca for these these dwarves that no one goes to anymore because it's so treacherous to get there? He's struggling with the place he's going to burn down is maybe that place, maybe that temple. Because they're like, it's it was set in the old ways by. By Moradin in the temple of Moradine that you can't... Is that a tiefling? Well, that nobody but dwarves. We can't trust anyone but dwarves because of they're the only pure of, of beard. Everyone else, if you can't grow a beard, you're not pure. Um, and, like, on his way there to try and, you know, prove his worth, like, his shadow is slowly... This motivation is almost kind of like a corrupting force. It's like, you know what? When you go there and you, instead of just learning from it, you should be the last one that has all of this knowledge. You should take it and make them come to you for it. So you should destroy this temple. And because the motivation, my goodness, the, the motivation just says, bring great honor to your deity. This could be the evil spirit inside of him or this, you know, evil, whatever influence from his tiefling, uh, demonic background by destroying a great temple built by its sworn enemy. The enemy could just be the sworn enemy of, of that you now are against Moradan because you feel like their rules of Moradan have been imposed upon you in an unfair way. So you're going to show them they're a god off somewhere else. You're here. You actually have impact on what's what's real in this world. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know if I want to make like I think that's just an idea for the DM sure. to try to make that happen. Well, that's. A- I don't think that's something we write yeah. down as like that's this character's goal. It, it could easily, very easily, become this character's goal. Mm-hmm. The groundwork that we've laid down, yeah. this evil kind of yeah. thing. But well, and that's where I like it. That's where I like that motivation. Is like the motivation doesn't have to be their main driving force in the whole thing. It's like it could just be a fun influence. That again, for me, if I'm the DM and you give me this shadow thing to play with, you might. Like, it might talk to you a bit, where only you can kind of hear it, too. And, like, there's little things that... Time, maybe it's not... Again, it's not the shadow. It's your demonic upbringing. And, again, it's it's something... Bloodline. Yeah. What I like is this shadow is an influence over you. Your father, you just remember he doesn't have a shadow. You don't know why. He's never really gone into it. He doesn't want to talk about it. You, once you go out and your shadow starts doing all this weird, quirky stuff... I, I, if I'm a DM, the only way you learn about that... Or not the only way, but one of the ways you can potentially learn what that is and what's going on is through your father. So, like, it makes you have to go back. <laughs> and it makes you have to potentially talk to him in, in some way. Um, 
to deal with that, which is like, again, this idea no. of dealing with your own literal inner demons. Um, Not my dad. Ugh. Sorry. Daddy issues. <laughs> Ooh, could this be another sad boy in our simple plan emo band? My chem band? <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Okay. He doesn't fit. Um, He'd be like the, the, he'd just be part of the crew. Ooh, he's like the manager. He's the pyrotechnics guy. Oh, fuck yeah. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Then, let's see. So we got the quirk. My shadow often holds weapons and bears wounds that don't exist. Again, like I think that's just the kind of the, the I don't know, the, the quirkiness of it. But the overall goal of it is the, the, the demonic influence. Motivation, again, is something that maybe the DM kind of can push on them a little bit. doesn't have to be their actual driving force. Um, personality trait. I think they're just they're just greedy because I think again they came from a, a a family that was not greedy they're um, stingy cheap they're, they try and be better with money because again they weren't a wealthy family but they lived in a very wealthy town right so this mountain city yeah. like so they were on the lower end of people in this town so when they do come into money or have some of it they hold on to it because they they we could e- we can even lean into the stereotype of dwarves where they're very treasure hungry yeah race yeah. if we well, wanted to and so that could be the typically and so that's the thing again this is a, a mainly dwarven city but there are, are other people there that live there yeah including his family and again they were almost always seen as kind of lower class um because of that um so that that's that's an easy enough just little personality thing and maybe their mom was just good with money right their mom was the one that was always putting stuff aside had a savings they opened the small little bakery there all of this stuff the father had the the bigger goals and all of this they fell in love college fund yeah um and then ideal people i'm committed to people i care about not ideals so again to me that's like his friend in some way he's very committed to um Unless he goes evil. Even then, though, I don't think he would be un- not committed to him. And in his head, I think how he would rationalize it is like, even my friend is trapped by this fucking system. They hold them back. They don't actually, like, advance on any of these teachings. These teachings are just the yeah. groundwork. We could do something Yeah, someone kill his parents. Yeah. And his whole... He'll understand yeah. when his family's dead. Again, but again, like, there, yeah. there's a way that this corruption <laughs> and evil from the shadow could, I don't know, rationalize shit in your head. Um and then again, their mother, Evil. very committed to. And again, I think it's something that, like, as you make connections with your group and with your people or, or people around you, your found family in this way, you start putting them above, you know, laws and what's right or wrong. Like, you, you will do stuff for them that if in your head you care about them and they need help, you'll do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bond, we've went into, one day will return to the guild after they've visited this temple and gained all of its secrets or learned and continue to grow in their druid ways. Flaw, I would kill to acquire a noble... T- like, that's just... Yeah, again, they just want to be respected. And it's their way of seeing, like, if I have to kill to be respected, then I'll fucking do it. And I want someone else to make me sexy armor. I'm tired of making my own sexy armor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I think maybe that's how they just kind of saw it, right? It's like when their dad constantly worked for this person that noble dwarven noble whatever would constantly be enamored and look up to these people making this armor so they're like what if i was not just the one able to make this armor but i also then had the power like they're the most respected person there because the the guild highest guild member that is a noble they're kind of the top of the line everyone kind of looks up to that person so he wants both yeah okay sorry that's it um (laughs) Cool. Well, let's see. This is the ideal. Oh, the ideal is neutral. 
Um, oh, it is neutral. That's right. We forgot to. That's the first time we've said that. Oh yeah. I don't. At least I forgot to say it when I. I don't know who read that. I don't remember. I think it was you. Yeah. Okay, so. I think that's it for like the background. We've kind of got the good story, kind of got where they came from, why they left, what their motivations and goals out there are now. Um, allies and organizations, as we're building those out. Um, yep, the dwarven childhood friend, their mother and their father, the health elf mother and the tiefling father. Um, I think that those, those will be the strongest ones. Yeah, I would even maybe say the... the um, yeah, I mean, as far as allies go, there's other influences, like the nobles in that city, probably in some way, like, you're not allowed here. You're banned from the city or something because you practiced our forsaken whatever bullshit. I, yeah. I leave that up to the DM and to you to choose, like, if you can or can't go back to this town. And again, for the DM to decide where this town is or how it exists in their world. Um, but I think that's it, yeah. Oh, and then their their, their face spirit. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe like the dwarven people in this in this city all have their little fey fire elemental that like works with them as an like as they grow as an apprentice. Their fire spirit is almost always used to help um, with crafting. And when they get to a level of being able to like start conjuring it, kind of because again you don't get it to level two. The nobles are like, what the? F- why? Why do you have one of these? You should not be have access to one of these. It's like, well, whatever. Like, fuck you. I do what I want. And they're like, no, get out. Um, and so they have it now and they start exploring what else it can do besides just art- artistry work and realize, oh, it's smelting. Yeah. They're like, oh, you, you're, and again, they can look like anything. So like, it can look like a beast, like ringed in fire of some sort. So I'll leave that up. To what the if person. the fire face spirit doesn't get along with the shadow? That's what I was going to say too. I, I like that idea of them constantly <laughs> go like Tinkerbell and Peter Pan shadow, right? Is that not yeah. like, <laughs> so I like that. Well, Tinkerbell's just a fucking diva. Oh, yeah. Obviously, she's a fairy. But. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I like that, too. If, if I'm. If you, if you like it as a player and as your DM. Like, I would I would like that kind of banter. If you're, like, you're just having to babysit your fucking <laughs> fire spirit and your shadow. Like, God, guys. Guys. Stop. <laughs> Literally. Like, I, I swear to Quit God. Quit throwing fire bolts at the wall. <laughs> you're not going to hurt the shadow. <laughs> um. Okay, cool. Next is alignment. Next is alignment. Are they neutral evil? Chaotic neutral. No, I think I think they're. Yeah, they're at least chaotic neutral. Maybe even neutral evil. Because I see nothing in here that says they they wouldn't be neutral evil. I'm fine with that. Okay, yeah, leave it open. Alignment's fluid. Um, as always. Yep. Ooh, tiefling age. What are ages for tieflings? Don't they live forever? No, I think they have this, <laughs> I think they have the same age lifespan as, as humans. Tieflings mature at the same rate as humans, but live a few years longer. Okay, so if at this age, I'm going to say, I hate making them all in their teenage years, but that's just the most formidable. Like, Let's say they're in their late... It's when you make Ooh. really dumb decisions and run away. Yes, but what I'll say is if their friend was a dwarf, they probably didn't start learning until they were older. So if you say late 20s, that would be fine. So I'm going to say... 29. They have 29. Okay. Uh, alignment tieflings might not have an intimate tendency towards evil. Oh, it might not have an innate tendency towards evil, but many of them end up there. Evil or not, an independent nature inclines more to tieflings. Yep, yep, yep. Size, blah, 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 all this. Blah, 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 blah. Um, what color? 
I think I think I want this to be a very like darker tiefling, like a mix of purple and red, like a deep ruby or deep like um um amethyst. Is that purple? Amethyst is purple, right? I don't know. Let me see. I'm gonna Google deep. You know what I like? It's gonna come with a why you, why you Google that? I'm gonna tell you something that I like. What? Um, I like that tieflings. Oh, how the fuck do you spell this stupid color? Okay, there we go. I like that tieflings have a fire resistance. Yeah, they're, they're resistance to fire damage. So you could say that this character could potentially make better armor once they get well crafted because mm-hmm. they can stand closer to like the smelting thing. They can hold on to hotter objects and they can maybe yeah, you know use that to their advantage and they come back better than the dwarves. Mm-hmm. It's like, bitch, I'm resistant to fire, motherfucker. <laughs> um, so I guess violet is kind of the color I'm thinking. You're turning violet, violet. Sorry. Was that outburst not okay? No, it was fine. <laughs> so, Evil. so I would say like a dark red. I mean, it, it's fine. It's whatever. We don't need like an actual color for it, but like they're, they're, like maybe even kind of iridescent to the point where they shift back and forth, like when depending on how light it is in the room or or what's going on. If it's like a purple or a red, like a mood ring. Ooh, yeah. I don't know how to spell. Why are you throwing all these words at me? I don't know how to fucking spell. You don't know how to spell violet? No, I know it's iridescent. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. Okay, um, and then I would say they're they're. Well, what's their overall stats? They're pretty dexterous. They're strong. They're 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 strong. So I'm gonna say they're. I'm gonna say. Are they tall and strong or short and stout? Ooh, what if we do this? Would you be upset if I switched the mother from a half elf to a dwarf? Because it would make sense if they're a dwarf, right? Well, no, because then they wouldn't be as they wouldn't be as outsidery. I like leaving it as a half elf, but maybe that she's just a smaller half elf. Maybe she's half elf, half dwarf in some way so it's just smaller genes on that side so i want him to kind of be stocky like dwarf-esque so not very so you want him to be a little tiefling short and stout correct um their size is about the same as human build so i'm gonna say he's like five a not ten five ten that's not even that short read but. my mind so he's five ten and just broad he's just yeah it's only two inches shorter than you false that's false and you know it did you have to do math? You're doing a you're doing you're doing a disservice and a falsehood to our to our our, our great listeners. You know your new balances might give you an inch of lift, <laughs> and then therefore you'd be six one. Your envy is is palpable to everybody that's listening. What am I envious of? Your stupid fucking sunglasses. <laughs> yes, and and my and me being the same height as you. Oh, you're shorter. I'm not. A ha- your your, a your half irritation inch. by being only six feet tall I'm is showing to everyone that's listening. It doesn't matter. 5'10", and <laughs> stocky or build, um, let's say he weighs 220. At 5'10", that'd be stocky, right? Um, he's still pretty dexterous, though, so whatever. I don't care. You're dumb. Um, <laughs> I can tell you don't care. I can tell you're not bothered at all. I'm not bothered even the slightest. You know how not bothered I am? I'm going to keep telling you how not bothered I am because it's so <laughs> it's so small that like the, I've talked about it more than it actually exists. That's how you know how above being bothered I am about one inch. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Are we done? 
I need a name. <laughs> um, you do need a name. What's in a name? His name's Valencia. Oh, wow. How the fuck are you spelling that garbage? Let's see. Let's figure this out together. V-I-L. Vil. Vel. Vel. Ancia. Valencia. Perfect. Valencia. Um, strong boy. Strong. <laughs> no. Tiefling. Last name. I don't know. Uh, um. Fire eyes. No, I was just say, um. Pyron. Valencia Pyron. Boom. Pyron? Pyron. He goes by Val. That's not. You speak. Uh, Pryon or Pyron? Py, is it, should I move the R? The Y should be yes. There you go. Okay. Boom. So it's for Pyron. So his name is spelt for everyone at home. It's the title of this episode, but just in case. Valencia Pyron. Valencia is V A L E N C I A Pyron P Y R O N. I just want you to look at everyone at home. If you, I hope you timed it. You didn't because I didn't tell you to. The length of time it took me to come up with Valencia Pyron versus Jericho, whatever last week's guy was. That's because names are stupid. I, I pulled. Uh, but also of the utmost importance. <laughs> I'm just saying, Valencia Val Pyron. It's a perfectly fine name for it for a, a druid uh, uh, tiefling. Well, I'm sorry that I wanted to create a pirate whose name would resonate throughout the land, and I didn't want it to be stupid like Tattoo Face or whatever the fuck <laughs> from Guardians of the Galaxy. Taser Face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, right. I don't want a raccoon to laugh at my character. <laughs> a talking raccoon. Yeah. Um. All right. It's a lot of pressure. That's why I'm never having a child. <laughs> What's your kid's name? You Shut up. shall be... His name doesn't exist. No name. Ooh, no name. NN. Um, all right. Cool. I didn't name my child because I don't want to put any um, outside pressure on them to live up to people who have had their names in the past. So when they're ready, they'll come up with their own name. And inside, he's just like, I couldn't make a decision. I didn't know. <laughs> Things you hear at an L.A. Starbucks. That's fair, though. <laughs> That's probably... 100%. <laughs> um... All right, cool. Is there anything else in this? I mean, I think we got it. I, I, I generally like where we started and where we ended up with this character. I'm, I'm excited about it. Look at all of this background I have written that I don't have to do later because I wasn't afraid to clicky clack on our show. Clickety clack. Don't, don't touch your, your keyboard. Clickety clack. Don't come back. Isn't that the name? It's Isn't that how that song don't goes? Talk back. Or it's like rickety rack. It's, 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 don't talk yeah. back. Clickety clack. ASMR is jacked. I'm, I'm, hey yo, Jack. Click, 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 clickety clack. I we're hey y'all. We're we're back. Click, 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 clickety clack. This is um clickety clack. Oldies suck. Nope, no wait. Click, click, <laughs> clickety clack. This is Pat Sajak. Oh, I, I got it. Found it. There we are. I don't know what that means or why it's here, but hey everyone, Pat Sajak. <laughs> clickety clack. I want to hear a fun fact about my childhood. It's not my childhood. It's my brother's childhood. You thought Pat Sajak was your real dad? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my brother thought that Vanna White's name was based off of what color dress she was wearing. Because when he first saw her, she was introduced as Vanna White and she was wearing a white dress. 
So then he would call her like Vanna Red or Vanna Purple or whatever color dress she was wearing I, when he was a, like a, a youth. I, I probably wasn't even alive when he had I, this thought. I, I, I would love – I'm going to bring this up to him as an adult next time I see him, which I'm sure is a very <laughs> embarrassing story for one of the smartest people I've ever met. <laughs> your brother – It was worse. You're, you're, it's definitely worse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying your brother is one of the smartest people I've ever personally met and know on a personal level. And to be like, you thought Vanna White was named after her dress. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I was seven, dick. And he'll throw some insult at you. You won't even understand. Because yep, he'll use big words. And I'll be like, thanks for just noticing me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, lawyer. <laughs> um, all right, cool. I think we're all good with Valencia. Or should yeah. it be Valencio? Nah, it's Valencia. Whatever. I don't care. Do you? Do you not care? It could be a girl's name. He could be have the boy named Susan. Evil! <laughs> That's why he goes by Val. Valencia and Valencio are both pretty gender-neutral names, in my opinion. Well, Especially with the nickname of Val. That can go either way. Yes. Easy. I agree. But just usually, so with, like, uh, Italian and um, Spanish, A's are a feminine ending of a word. Like, so you'll change it to an A or an O based on if it's masculine. Yeah. I don't care. It's And that's why other ooh. languages are stupid. Yeah. And that's where I also say, too, <laughs> this could be male or female, obviously, in any way. If you want. To, Always. Yeah. Oh, I, yes, always. But again, I think a big part of this one, too, is like it could be. <laughs> Nothing about this has to make him be a boy. It's just I. Like, yeah, I know. All right. I always feel the need to say always when you say that because it's true. Just take well, one of our characters and do whatever you want. To be fair, if we're putting out sad boy energy, it's kind of, you know, it's implied. that. They're... Oh, yeah. But it could be a sad girl. Yeah. You could have a paramour. Obviously. Oh, dude, speaking of sad girls, oh, did you see that Avril Lavigne joined TikTok? I didn't. I don't have a tactic, so. I know, but sometimes they end up on Facebook. So I don't sure. know if you saw I also anyway, don't use Facebook, really. So bullshit! You've updated your story twice I, in the past twenty four hours. I do that through Instagram, and I hate that it's shared through there. And I'm trying to figure out how to not do it because I use Instagram. <laughs> Instagram's the one I do use a bunch, and I hate that I get messages from any one of my family that listens. Thank you for listening, but this is just the truth. I don't like when I get messages on Facebook, especially when it's from family members that I then feel bad that a week later I'm seeing the message. I'm like, ah, oh, shit! They probably think I hate them now. So when you respond to my story on Facebook, it, I know that I did not know it ended up on Facebook, and I'm not ignoring you. I just hate Facebook. And I get that Instagram Regardless. owns Facebook, but or Facebook yeah. owns Instagram. Yes, it's just a lot. Okay, <laughs> it's a lot. I can't, I can't down a lot. I think anyway. I don't know what that was. Um, I want to tell you about this TikTok. Oh Jesus! Fine, then we're gonna wrap up, and then we'll move on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, but it's really cool. Talk, so it's Avril Lavigne. Talk the tick. Yeah, it's Avril Lavigne. It's her very first TikTok. I think she's trying to be relevant again. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, we'll is get this some the Tony music. Hawk one? We'll see. Yes, so you've seen it. Okay, I saw it. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what other fucking video would I be talking about in the last week that's got someone who is relevant in 2003? <laughs> we built to that. <laughs> Please continue. Maybe there's someone at home that didn't see this. No. If you haven't seen it, just Google Avril Lavigne and her TikTok will show up. It's got Tony Hawk in it. Spoiler alert. It's pretty cool. Doesn't it? He was I a skater was cool. boy. She said to your later boy and it just hard cuts to Tony Hawk. It doesn't hard cut. They zoom into her tie that she's wearing, and they zoom back oh. out, and then Tony Hawk's wearing it, and he's like, hey, I'm fucking awesome, and then does like a couple of tricks. It's a cool story, bro. Because he's a legend. Cool story. Living legend. Yep. Tactic, follow us on I'm it. done. We're skipping the, uh, the, the we're skipping role play. <laughs> Episode's over. I'm, great, we've done it. I've got to a point where I've upset Nathan enough to the point where he just ripcord out of an episode. <laughs> ripcord? <laughs> 
we find ourselves in Podcastria at the CD Tavern. And it's evening time, dinner time. Ah, fuck it. It's lunch. Lunch time. And uh, not too busy. It's a normal Wednesday lunch. Taking, you know, your friends out in between shifts or whatever the fuck's going on. And um, Mary's behind the bar. She's the only one working. Um, Terrence is in, Terrence is there today, but he's like in the back crunching numbers. You know, his books are due to the podcast tree IRS by Friday. And a lot of shady shit's been going on with their books. So he's got to cook them correctly and make sure all that stuff's, you know, on the up and up. So he doesn't get audited. And then, um, so Mary's keeping down, holding down the fort up front. And, uh, it's, like I said, it's just busy enough to where she can take breaks. Like she can kind of lounge around, do some busy work, clean some glasses, and then just like check in on her tables and the people at the bar from time to time. So she's not stressed or nothing. It's an easy day. It's a nice day. Um, they rained a lot the day before, so it's kind of humid in, in Podcastria today. So the, the windows and doors are all closed. Nothing's open, even though it's summertime. And they've got some like bags of ice dangling from the ceiling with fans blowing on them. To keep the you know some cool air moving around in in the in the tavern, and um, as well this is all going on, and you know Mary's talking to a table currently. The doors open up, and this violet, iridescent, short, stocky person walks into the seedy tavern, um, and decides to do what? As uh, Valencia walks in, he looks kind of around he's got a large kind of like leather trench coat of a sort over him which from the mud and just moisture outside it's like kind of heavy and and damp and you see him kind of like shake it out and then like underneath as he's like kind of like taking the jacket off um there's it's hard to tell the like the armor that's like on him but like it looks hide-ish but it has like a sheen to it where it could be like maybe it's just like kind of dirtied um, metal armor in, in some way and he kind of cracks his neck and like stretches a bit and just kind of takes in the whole establishment looking around and puts his arms on his on his hips and then just kind of purveys and sees Mary as she's at a table kind of waiting at it and sees the empty bar and he kind of Mary just shouts across the bar and just goes, "Uh, sit wherever you like. I'll be with you in a moment." <laughs> um, he sniffs, looks at the bags on the ceiling, and then takes a booth kind of off to the side, away from the bar, um, across far from where she's currently at with the one table, away from people. And he just kind of sits down, sets his jacket down. He has then, as you see, like now from under the next to him by his side there's like a little creature that kind of scampers up onto the booth and runs up the side of the like the side of the booth and sits on the back part of it um and it's this bright like crimson looking squirrel that's tail almost seems to be flicking out flames from it um and as he kind of sits down next to him in the booth it's his shadow kind of looks like it's almost sitting there as well. Like it's not like cast backwards behind him. It looks like it's actually in the seat 
next to him. Um, and he just kind of sits there and waits and you see he kind of itches up or like scratch scratches under the, the neck of the little squirrel that's there and he pulls out like this little little nuts from, from the jacket that's laying down or hung up drying and just kind of feeds them over to the little squirrel. Um, so eventually Mary, Mary makes her way over to the table um, and just says, uh, hi, welcome to uh, the CD Tavern. Is there anything I can, I can get for you? Yeah, well, I'd like something that's, uh, I don't know, a bit warmer. Do you have anything that has kick to it? You want something that's warm? Yeah, I don't know, like a heated rum. Uh, awesome. On a day like today? It's been wet. I've been traveling a long way. I want to dry off. Okay. Fair. So, um, I mean, I can make you some tea. Do you have any sort of bourbon or something you can put in it then? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, we've heard of it. Yep. Uh, we call it we call it a uh, uh, toddy hot here. I don't care. It's got honey in it. Do you like honey? Sounds great. It's good for your throat. I think you're, you're a little dried out, so I think this will uh, this will help you out a little bit. What do you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. You just sounded like you're. Um, I'm sorry. Never mind. Just forget about it. All right, and then uh, what do you have for food? Oh, um, we've got all sorts of food. We got some. Uh, we got a shipment of elk in the other day. I mean, mostly meats, uh, some veggies well, from the local farmers well, market. While she's kind of going through and running through this list, the shadow then all of a sudden, like at the table, kind of like, just like there's a knife then in its hand, and it looks like it's kind of like holding off to the side. It looks like it's almost like he's holding it under the table in some way that like she can kind of just see out of the perspective of Ryan. He's just looking up at her and just like paying attention as she lists this stuff off. And, um, yeah, so uh, there's elk a be fine. beef, barley, soup, elk, okay, you want, um, how do you want that cooked? No, no, just flip it once or twice, make sure it's still bleeding. Okay, just to kill the germs, got it. Um, you like a magician of some sorts, or? What? Just, um, what? just getting a vibe he, from he you. He follows her gaze and sees that it's, like, kind of looking at the shadow and he just kind of then swings over and you see him make contact with the booth and like hit the shadow and then it just kind of like disfigures and comes like, oh uh, uh, yes magic it's uh it's just magic okay um well if i could just you know if you could keep the magic on a download today mm-hmm. my boss is here and oh, he's really fine. stressed out yes. he's in the back but if, he, if anything crazy no. starts happening no. he might just like to freak no. out freak out no. smoky he kind of turns down and looks over and says, Sparky, uh, you keep it, uh, yeah, keep him under wraps. And you see the squirrel yeah. kind of like, like, and, and as, as she kind of looks at the squirrel that's like eating this like nut, now that he's addressed it, you kind of see a little bit more that like, while it's chewing on the nut, it's not really like nibbling at it. It's slowly melting away. Like the nut is just melting into its mouth and it's just kind of like, little sparks and like flames are like the you know how like on, on nuts there's like little hair like sometime or like little yeah so that that's just kind of like like flaming out as he's melting this nut into his mouth and he kind of holds half of it down and you just kind of see it warmed and like warped and he's just like and like looks over at the shadow and just kind of like snarls as much as a squirrel can really and the shadow as it kind of like re- reforms there just kind of sits normal like it's not doing anything i just like 
It'll, it'll be fine. You don't have to worry about us. It'll, no problem here. Just bring your toddy hearts and uh, some warmed meat. Okay. Yep, we'll do. Um, I'm sorry. Excuse my manners. I'm, I'm a little little rusty. It's been two weeks since I've worked a shift. Um, but uh, what's your name? You can call me Valencia. Valencia? That's a, and this, a cool name. This here's Sparky. He's a Sparky Sparky. And the squirrel kind of like stands to attention and puts his, like, just kind of salutes. So I was like, all right, well. Well, Sparky's adorable. He likes to think he's more important than he actually is. So. Oh. <laughs> well, he's so cute. And she, like, kind of, like, he, points, he, like, he kind of wiggles a finger at runs him. Runs over the other shoulder and gets closer to her and kind of, like, stands up on his hind legs towards her. Is he warm? Can I touch him? Mm. He might be a little warmer than you're expecting. And he kind of. I want to try. Okay. I want to hold my hand up. Okay. And so, like, he he kind of like nuzzles his hand, uh, or his head underneath her hand, and like, as, as she's kind of feeling it, like the warmth from it grows to the level of like it's not like painful, but it's definitely one of those things where it's like, oh, that's it's like a, like a warm container that's like holding like a hot plate or something. Yeah. To the point, it's like, oh, that's that's not that's not how <laughs> how animals oh. are supposed to feel. Yeah, I mean, it's uh. I see why you call him Sparky. I couldn't, can't touch him for too long. I guess. Um, yeah. As long as he doesn't burn nothing, he can he can hang out. No, his his, his tail won't catch anything on fire. It's just that's just the way he is. Come on, back, uh, and he kind of like lifts his shoulder back up, and he lets him run back over, and he's like, "Come on, down and on the table. Just keep an eye on him." And he points over to Shadow. Just make sure. Yeah. And then they just kind of nod in agreement. They have like an unspoken kind of like recognition towards each other. Um. Uh, but, right, well, uh, I'll get, no, I'll oh, get sorry. Um, Valencia, oh. Valencia and you, you all. Oh, I'm, my name's uh, Mary. Mary, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, and uh, wh- I didn't catch the name of this. I kind of just snuck in here off the street. Uh, what, what is the name of this establishment? Oh, the, this, this is the CD Tavern. All right. Very well. We've been putting ads out uh, recently, sending well, you know not... unsolicited messages to the masses and their brains, and. Uh, Trying to get people to come here. What? Yeah, Terrence calls it subliminal messaging. We just get a powerful wizard to cast message, and it's like a, a thing he's calling it a commercial, and it just like plays in people's heads, and they least expect it, uh, and maybe they'll come here. That's allowed. No, I mean, this I just work here. Powerful wizard. This doesn't. Okay. Well, that's not why I came here. I came just because again. Oh. I'm, there's no way that I'm the first person that just walked in here off the streets from out of town. You're right by the front of at least the. Well, yeah, no, definitely streets. not. It's just, it's just uh, Terrence is trying to have all of us working ask people how they heard of us, so we can figure out if the investment of the um, subliminal messaging is working. Okay, well, it did not work on me. Okay, and I probably would not want to come here if I had heard it. So it's probably for the best I didn't. Oh. Well, I'll give that feedback to Terrence next week when he's less stressed about the IRS. Well, I don't understand. Okay, that's why I can just get... Uh, all right. I don't know. I don't understand. It's actually the IRS. My apologies. It's the PRS. Uh, Podcast Geo Revenue Services. Oh. All right. That makes... I, I know this is podcaster and I'm making my... Very, very well. Uh, is this... 
is there anything else I can help you with here, Mary, before you go in the again? You were the one that kept talking to me. I was going to go get your toddy hot and get your elk cooking for 30 seconds. Let's, yep, let's keep on that course of action then. All right. I'll be back, sweetheart. Are you back, Sparky? Does Sparky need anything? No, Sparky's fine. I've got nuts. Oh, I bet you do. Just kidding. Sorry, go. She walks away. The fuck? <laughs> she goes by in the bar, whips up your toddy hot, brings it back. Gives it to you and goes, um, you're used to heat, so I'm sure it's, if you need it to be warmed up or something, um, I can warm that up for you. Mm. But I'll be back with your elk in just a jiffy. All right. Thank you, Mary. Um, so she goes and gets the elk and brings you a bloody, slightly warmed up elk sirloin. All right. And he's just, all right, thank you. And he kind of reaches into his pocket and takes out, like, a silver in his hands and he goes, there you go. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah, but th- yep, thank you. It's actually um, two silver. For both of these? Yeah. The elk's fresh. It gets cheaper as the day goes on, but we just got it in this morning. Okay, well then how long do I have to wait for it to go down to just be the one silver? Well, like three days. It's like a day-by-day thing. Is there anything? And it's also customary customary to tip. Just saying. What, What do you mean, tip? Like, give me extra for me to keep? Extra for meat? For myself? Extra money? You get extra... What do you mean you get extra money? I don't get paid a lot here. That sounds unfortunate. And a lot, a, lot, a lot of my living comes from the generosity of others and how well I take care of them while they're here. Oh, this is a charity. So while this, this hottie toddy, or toddy hot, apologies, is a silver... And the well, actually, that's that's fifty copper, and then the elk is a silver and a half, so that's the two silver. And then typically, people leave a little extra for Look. me to put in my pocket and feed myself. Okay. Uh, so what? What is? Who is your boss? Your boss is Terry, right? And so he doesn't. Terrence. Whatever. He he doesn't. They don't pay you. I mean, I get paid something, but most of the time, I. You know, I owe the PRS at the end of every year because I make more than I'm technically paid. It's it's kind of I don't really get it. I just get the statement in the mail. It's like, hey, give us money, or else we're going to take all your stuff. Um, Why the but, uh, fuck do you live here then? Well, for to my understanding, I mean, I, I guess I've never gone anywhere else. But Terrence has told me this is how all taverns and restaurants and bars kind of operate. Well, it's just how well it's it guarantees I give good service to the customers if they are the ones. Oh, giving me money. So, Mary, you're saying you wouldn't give good service if you were just getting paid a better wage. You would be... No, I like my job, and I would still do well. I mean, I want to be good at what I do, and I, I don't generally like people, but this is just kind I, of I just don't the way understand it is. why it's on me to make sure that your job is enough for you to live by. Get a better job, then. Well, you know, I would get a better job, but... <laughs> It's really complicated. Look, I don't... I'm no economist. I don't. Personally, you seem great. You're a lovely woman. But I have places to go, and I only have a certain amount of funds that I can get there on. You're telling me what I essentially owe you is two silvers for this meat just because it's a few days earlier than the week. And on top of that, I have to make sure that you can also eat again later. Because you don't get paid enough by this Tarant's fellow. Well, you don't ha- you don't have to pay.
pay me. It's just customary, and I just yes, I shouldn't have even now, mentioned it. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'm just saying now again you're implying that I'm a bad person because I don't want to do it. I don't think you're a bad person. Everyone's got their own situations, and I realize that you might be on a, a tighter budget, and maybe I should have told you. The only thing I can't really back down on is I need at least I need two silver for this meal. Is there any sorts of uh, smithies here in town or places that um, deal in trade of uh, the, that yeah. work of the sort? There is, actually. I don't know if you can tell, but over over in the stage over there, we have collapsible stairs that go in and out of the, the um, stage. And our, our local people put that together for us. I don't know how much actually like smithing they do. Yeah, so that's, but, that's a uh, stage. We, we, it's not some usually wood. I mean, and he just kind of looks around the booth and looks over at it. And as he kind of looks over around the booth, you see for the moment out of the corner of your eye, his shadow now has a giant axe above his head that's about to come down over him. And as he's looking around the booth, Sparky then just jumps and goes into the shadow. And, like, it kind of grays out for a bit. And there's, like, a spark of flame that kind of happens there behind him. And the shadow kind of now is, like, reaching within itself and trying to pull this out. As then the shadow rips in half and the squirrel is, like, trying to chase around and bite at the shadow. And he kind of comes back and looks. And now Sparky's just sitting there in, in, in the booth. And the shadow is now perfect. And he's like... Right. The, sh- the stage looks like it's just made out of wood, though. Well, he calls himself a blacksmith. You can go check him out. He's down the road. I don't remember his name. All right, well... Is there anything else I can do for you? Uh, for, uh, no, Mary. Here, fine. Take your other silver. And then is this... This is a place that has rooms, yes? And is there, pe- like, of some sort? Yes, we have rooms if you need to stay the night. Great, and do I have to tip for getting one of those as well? No, but you have to pay for it. I imagined that much, and how much does that usually go? Two silver. Fine, alright. A night. Uh, Okay, great, lovely. I will then head out and try and find this smithy and see what I have to potentially trade to get more for them. Um, is there any sort of job boards or wanted things in here as well? Yeah, there's one right by the entrance. Great. Here's your other silver. And I will Thank find... You. I'll be back, and if you're working all day today, I'll see what other sorts of copper I could potentially come across to throw you away, since apparently you work for somebody. Those talents. That's, uh... An individual. Well, I would appreciate it. I am immensely prepared here to be immensely prepared to be here all day because Louis has the second shift and he doesn't like to go outside when it's sticky. So he probably won't leave his house. Mary, again, you're too good for this place. I like it. It's it's homey. You should really look at have you ever thought about going outside of Podcastria at all? Oh no, that's uh I see adventurers come in and out of here, and that, that's not the life for me. It's too too unpredictable. Sure, but you know, not everyone that comes through on adventures is trying to die or be killed. Some of them are just going out seeking information and knowledge, and it's a lot more, I don't know, routine, I guess. Yeah, but, but there's like a really big gold rush happening out in the West, and I heard a lot of people are dying of dysentery, and I just don't want to go and, and deal with that. 
That's okay. All right. Again, it's not hard to just cook out all of the whatever. It's fine. Um, I just hate to see someone like yourself get wasted away here. Well, I appreciate your concern, but I can take care of myself. All right. Well, have a good rest of your shift then, I guess. Thanks. Enjoy the elk. I promise you it's worth it. Mm. He just kind of looks at it and pulls the plate over. Kind of pokes. All right. It's still bleeding, so I like it. I just told the uh, the cook to wipe its ass and put it on a plate, so. Is that is that a saying? I don't understand it. It's just meat. I'm sorry, yeah. That's fine. It's just an expression to cook it real quick, kill the germs, clean it up, yep. put it on a plate. Yep, great. This is getting real awkward now. I don't know. Uh, yep, I'm going to leave. Okay. Hopefully you have enough money to come back and Louie's here and I'm not. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed your company as well, Mary. I'm sorry for thinking you're better than this. I've enjoyed you, Sparky, and I guess you're magic. Wait, there's something else? And he just kind of looks over at the shadow who's just like, Sitting super says like you motherfucker, and he just kind of <laughs> he hits the booth again, and just boom, and it just kind of like keeps shaking the shadow every time he hits it. And Sparky's just kind of like looking up and watching as the hand hits the shadow and all this, and he's just kind of wham, wham, wham. I apologize. Ah, <laughs> uh, and scene. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That was fun. We did it. We rolled. I liked that. Um, Yeah. I did as well. It was one of those things where it was like, I I don't think, I was trying to figure figure out how to incorporate all that little stuff that was happening with like, I don't know. It's hard in one moment. Well, well, just with like all all the other physical antics that were like going on like behind him, essentially. And like all of that. Like, it's like, okay, I want to focus on like the driving this conversation, like what he kind of wants here. And like, I even kind of got to the point where it's like, I'm fun. (laughs) I'm glad we had a whole debate on the tip system. That's awesome. Um, But like, to me, it was one of those things where it was even kind of like, I, I think as much as this is a neutral, chaotic, neutral, neutral, evil person. In, in those moments, like, he still related to Mary and her struggle in a way and was, like, empathetic because, like, I think, honestly, she kind of reminded him of his mom <laughs> in this way of, like, oh, okay. you're in the service industry and you're trying to provide something to people. And it's, like, it's not that I don't want to tip you. It's just, like, why am I getting fucked in this situation and have to give you more money <laughs> instead of the place that you fucking work at? Which, like, it's a big kind of over-commentary on, on general tipping. and, and... Anyways, um, <laughs> but, like... It was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, no, I think you'd be upset by this. <laughs> yeah, for sure, which is kind of why I brought it up. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's how much? I'm like, oh, you have to tip me too. So it's more than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and that, that was fun to play with that. And the shadow and Sparky were cute. They were fun. Yeah. And that's, and that's where it's like, I think that's the fun line I kind of toe with him is like, he could be this like, serious, gruff kind of, you know, individual and character that has these literal like cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically kind of come along with it tom and jerry behind yep. them um and with within that as well it's like i, I think there is like a deep like again when i was just kind of looking over all this like oh he does care he is a very like passionate person and that's where it's like if he, if he can find something empathetic within people i think he also has an naivety to him where it's like oh you you're like me you've been through that stuff oh i can see it. and like so I, I think, again, with just leaving his city, he's from a larger city, too, and he's probably known other people there, but, like, I think most of them are dwarves. And I think maybe he has 
not a distrust of dwarves, but I think he just understands them better. So other races and other peoples yeah. and their, their type of stuff, he's still a little bit newer too. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's that's where I was at with Valencia. So what did you think? Anything else you got, sir? No, I um I like that we've developed that Terrence is um committing fraud. Yeah. Um, I also like that we have uh, PRS, Podcast Share Revenue Services. I wasn't going to touch your Probably. whole air conditioning system because that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we live in a place with magic. It should just be, it could just be cool in there. Yeah. But um, I suck at DMing and doing that stuff on the no, fly, that so fine. that's why that happens. It's fine. But um, the high tides probably run the PRS. Sure. Sure, or at least in some way. I mean, I don't know if they run it, but they at least in some yeah. way are above it or or something. Um, and then yeah. I like I like the subliminal messaging campaign. That's fun. That's yeah. <laughs> just the brain corruption. Yep. God, like imagine getting pop up ads in your fucking head. Like, yeah. God damn. Maybe it happens while they're dreaming. They target them. They target different areas of podcastria that that it's nighttime at. Oh Jesus! And it hits them with their dreams. Oh Jesus! Like, because the other thing I was going to say too is like. It's like a subscription base. Like, hey, you want to come in and get like a drink free? Just, you know, sign up for our messaging based service to make sure you constantly come in and receive our message. Like, oh, geez. Like, oh, no. It's like emails, but directly to your head. Oh. Yeah, because it's not commercials. There's no TV here. <laughs> right? There could be maybe a radio system, but. Yep, just something coming in over the wire. Creepy and dark with it. Yeah. No, that. And that's in the message. Yeah. Mm, 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 that'll be fun to play with in the future. I almost want to have a town now where I DM. It's like, and you come into town, and as you're walking around, all of a sudden you hear a voice in your head, and it's just like, "Hey, you just walked by the Gilly Galleons. Do you want to come in for free shots? First shots are on board." And it's like, are we getting what? It would be like it would be like minority Minority Report yeah, when the, the walls eyes. are talking to you, yeah, where it, like reads your eyes. Well, not even that. I'm just talking about. Well, yeah, it does read your eyes, but then you get an ad based off that. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, hey, Mr. Yakamoto, how'd those jeans you bought last week fit mm-hmm. for you? Or like something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'd be even crazier if you're playing a character like a deep darted secret and these ads are like, hey, and they call you by your true name. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Yep. That would be. That would be fun. That'd, that'd, be, a, that'd be a fun town. Well, so and that's the subliminal messaging so town. That's, that's the other thing, too, is like I want to get into. So like, we're, this is it. We're in the outro now. So like, this is this is the wrapping up of Valencia. Um, but like to that point, let us know what you thought. Well, I'll get back to this point. Let us know what you thought of Valencia. Shoot <laughs> us an email. Email is rngpcpodcast at gmail.com. It's a great way to send us longer messages. If you use Valencia or think we did something wrong or have a whole soapbox you want to go on, we will read it. And we love hearing from all of you. The other thing is we do stream on Twitch. That's where we came up with this. And that's where we're, we're doing all this live. And to this point of this town stuff, I want to get to a point where we start having world building like Twitch streams where we go through and we figure out, okay, what is this tavern? What is this town? What are different parts of it? And like, just kind of, we can randomize that even. And that could be a fun Patreon episode maybe, or it's a world building stream that we start doing. Um, and if you want to check us out on Twitch, that is twitch.tv slash RNG PC, just RNG underscore. underscore PC. So if you want to go to Twitch and look at us there, you can see again, all the colorfulness that I'm wearing. I took my sunglasses off at some point because like I had to get in character, you know, but, um, <laughs> um, yeah, check us out there. That's where we do our live streams. We also play games. Occasionally. Nathan is apparently close to beating earthbound again. Is that right? Yes. It's exciting, I guess. Yep. And then, and then fucking zombies ate my neighbors comes out and 
well, it'll be out by the time this airs, but so excited. <laughs> um, and then also you can follow us on our social medias, which at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are all at RNG underscore PC. That's where we post when we're going live. That's where we have our, our character promos that go up. As we start getting more fan art and other stuff created for these characters, we'll post them there. And then if you would like to actually play Valencia and get our character sheets, feel free to come over to our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash RNGPC. There you can get the shout out like we had uh, earlier in this episode as well as you can have request character sheets from any of the now was this 49 characters that we have made um if you would like to play them either as an npc or as a character in one of your campaigns um yeah and then we also have bonus episodes and we have on there too if you would like for me to dm a one-off for you once a month that could be a thing on there as well so just go check it out it's all sorts of fun uh we would love to help have you help build it and grow our community and then the most helpful way to do that is through reviews on Apple Podcasts. Because that's where, through that system, people will see how amazing you think our podcast is. And based on that, they will suggest it to other people that also like similar podcasts to you. It's a whole algorithm that's made up by, I'm assuming, the ghost of Steve Jobs. And it's it's something that I, I just don't fully understand. But what I do understand is if you write a review there, we will read it here. All the new reviews we will go through and read them as they come in and... Uh, if you want to say something silly and fun and dumb, sure, we'll read it. We can do it even if you want to say like in silly voice. Sure, whatever. I don't care. Well, we can do we can do voices. That's what we try and do here, anyways. Um, and then Nathan, you do YouTube stuff, yeah? Do stuff on. I do do you. I do 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 I do 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 you do do stuff. That turned into a real stutter. It was supposed to be a fake one, but I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> I almost got stuck in that stutter limbo. Oh no! Oh, it's God. like the it's like the sunken place. It's like sneeze. It's like hiccups that never stop. <laughs> my God, that was terrifying. Um, but I do do YouTube content and I'm hoping to up my YouTube content because I bought myself a new content creator device. So I'm hoping to create content and not have to put that pressure on Lloyd who already has enough shit to do to edit my content. I'd love to be, you know, not need my handheld to do that myself. So hopefully more content's coming to YouTube. There's a little bit there right now, but hopefully more is coming Where's that on the tubes of you? Um, RNGPC, YouTube. Perfect. I love it. Amazing. I think we should start uploading these to YouTube as well. It's again, like we have all these things we're going to plan to be doing, and especially come towards the end of the year as my schedule frees up from work stuff. Yeah, we're growing. We got stuff going on here. We got stuff cooking. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for suggesting this to other people. Um, And we appreciate all of you. And um, I think that's it. Until next week, uh, you guys at home and on Twitch and people that are maybe here in my apartment hiding that I can't see right now, just remember keep rolling and keep playing. Goodbye.